0: the ball in the post-truth apocalypse. I'm Ben, and as always, I'm hanging out with Mike. Hello. Claire. Hey. And Pete. Hello. Today, we are going to talk about medieval medicine. Cool. The leech. <laughs> That's it. The show's done. Mm. <laughs> okay. There we go. <laughs> now, there's more to it than that. Some, some kind of sophisticated stuff, actually. Yeah, I know. Some of it still works today, yeah. It's quite amazing, yeah. really, isn't you it? You know, they were on to some things, but it was... Uh, A lot of it was bullshit. Hmm a lot of it was alright eating lead and things like that mercury yeah, yeah. we'll get into it let's thank some new returning listeners and then I will address the massive glaring elephant in the room that anyone from the UK could not get away from for the next 10 days
1: that was so cheeky
0: I'll, get to, I'll give it its due respect in a moment. I'm just saying it's a bit of an elephant in the room. We're in the UK. So it's all everyone's talking about. Remember. I, was, I, I thought you were talking about her. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do the new address to returning listeners, and we will address it: Edinburgh, in the UK; Federal Way in Washington. Oh God, I hope that's the fucking NSA. Cape Town, South Africa; Frankfurt and Maine in Germany; Stevenage in the UK. High Wickham in the United Kingdom. We've got quite a lot of UK listeners in there today. That's not just High Wickham. There's a few others: Phoenix, Arizona; Allen, Texas; Dublin, Ireland; Milton Regis in the United Kingdom; Bengaluru in India; Riga, Latvia; Montreal, Canada; Albuquerque, New Mexico; Albuquerque, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. You're new. Hello, Guadalajara, Spain, and Ashburn, Virginia. Thank you to everyone that's new and returning. And please tell your friends, tell several friends, tell your mistress, tell your girlfriend, tell your new monarch. Not at the same time, she might get in trouble for that. Not at the same time. <laughs> so the old toast, you know, may your wives and girlfriends have a meet. <laughs> so yes, obviously, we are recording this on the Saturday after Queen Elizabeth died, so I'm going to say the one line I've always wanted to say, because I'll never get to say it for real. The Queen is dead, long live the King. Long live the king! I've always wanted to say that. It's a great line, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, normally, be, I'm the not king a royalist. Long live the yeah. king. <laughs> I'm not a royalist, but I appreciate the historical importance of that one line. And now I've well got to say, it. I'm happy. Right, you guys can do the rest of us sit here and smoke. <laughs> I, the
1: monarchy, I say.
0: Rest in peace, Elizabeth the Second. I have sympathy. What, what an absolute legend she was, really, 96 years old and longest reigning monarch in our history, I've got sympathies for the grieving family, but I'm declared I don't believe there should be a monarchy Not like in the 21st century it's
1: too well, um,
0: just to put a slightly negative spin on it when you think that we have people that are struggling, but we're going to fork out a lot of money for a funeral and a lot of money for a combination yeah that magic money tree if you shake it hard enough all of a sudden you can get billions that'll already be in her. They'll already have a pot for that anyway. They'll have their own pot that's saved up for that. It's yes, our money, you, though, isn't it? In a roundabout way, yeah. Well, it is. It's, it's going to be taxpayer-funded. They ain't going to pay for it. Well, that's how where they get their revenue anyway, isn't it? Really, that's essentially. It. It's also where you give that revenue to pay off your paedophile son's accuser. But you know, R.I.P. Liz. You were there for a long time. Not a good time. <laughs>
1: I think she was there for a good time. She
0: got four kids. Well, she did. <laughs> she, she did had a good time too, let's face it. Privileged life that many, many people yes, will let's never Yes, let's, 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 you know, the woman's dead. Let's not bash her too much. Let's not oh. bash her. She's just show a bit of decorum. RIP. Yeah. RIPD. was always there. Told you go. That that you get the full D. If you can't say anything nice, don't say nothing at all, so we'll leave it there. <laughs> yeah. Many more medicine. I used to medieval, know, medicine. So, like I said, I have respect, so RIP. I genuinely mean that. <laughs> Medieval medicine, then. Yes. Let's talk about that. Bloody. <laughs> yeah. Well, most of it was bleeding, wasn't it? So you know, when you get to you know the Dark Ages, which is the early medieval period, or just before the early medieval period, there was very little hope for life expectancy, education, or a meaningful work life, and it was a miserable time. And most people were uneducated and superstitious. And around the year five hundred AD, you've kind of got open fighting in the in the societies between the pagans and the christians, because christians are coming in big time and the pagans are kind of becoming less and less, mm. mm-hmm. christians are converting england and then we end up in the, middle the medieval period, once england has been colonised by saxons against the early medieval period so, so what so, years are we looking at medieval times? just before william conquered england, so 800, 800 to 900 ad for early period Maybe even a bit later than that. So 800 to, let's say, 1066, roughly, for early. And then onwards, you go to about 1400 for middle, and then you get the Renaissance in the late medieval period. That's when the 1600s is it? The 15-something or other. So it comes about six, 700 years, then? Oh, yeah.
1: Why?
0: Absolutely. Obviously, yeah, we learnt a lot. A lot of wars were fought during the medieval period, so there's a lot of chance to practice medicine. Also, disease is very, very rife. Mm. You know, we've obviously got the major plague outbreak in Europe, which killed like a third of all Europeans. The major one, and it's like, well, you know what? There's a lot of opportunity to practice on people, isn't there? Yeah, well, that, that, they learn things, and there's a lot of wars going on. I just always liked the uniform, the plague doctor uniform. Yeah, actually. Just to, to briefly diverge about that mask, it is a really sensible mask. For a start, no one's coughing on you. Your eyes are so sort of gauzed. The thing in the nose holds sweet herbs, so you're not smelling. You have to smell the putrid so not, smell of death. You can't smell the putrid smell of death. But it's also they thought that an inhale things, so the herbs would stop it. But even so, so you've got like a modern-day respirator. Your face is covered, your mouth's covered. It's a really sensible idea for a mask. To what their understanding of how that disease was spread. They didn't for a know different it was reason, wasn't it? But yeah. They didn't know it was spread by fleas, or they all thought it was the miasma that crept in over the moors.
1: Mm.
0: Like a hazy fog. Don't know to do a sailor then. <laughs> uh, medieval healthcare at the start certainly is simply misinformed people practicing medicine on ignorant people (laughs) using barbaric primitive mythology and misguided beliefs about herbal remedies and healing spirits but we'll get past that so from creepy witch doctors and poisonous plants to bloody procedures and devastating diseases let's delve a bit deeper it's worth pointing out that when Christianity came in you lost a lot of herbal medicine knowledge because those wise women in the woods who were pagans, the uh, wise, woman, got got wise women, the wise women got killed. They exactly they were accused of being witches and yeah. they were killed. The druids were wiped out. You lost a lot of sort of herbal knowledge and things like that. So it did set medicine back a bit. Yeah, it sent medicine back a lot, I reckon. Probably hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, I reckon. Well, if you never had five hundred years of Christian Dark Age, you where well far we'd be. Yeah. We'd probably have a lot less disease in the world. Which well, we'd just be 500 years more advanced, wouldn't we? It used to say what we've done in 5 we, We've come a long diseases. way in the last 500 years, so... We'd just be able to cope with them better. You know, yeah. Doctors of the Middle Ages weren't exactly doctors. Medieval medicine was based largely on inaccurate theories like humorism. And that's the, the belief that the human body had to keep four internal fluids in equilibrium for good health. And those fluids are... Blood, yellow bile, black bile, and phlegm. If you've got one of them and not enough of the other, you'll be sick. So they will take appropriate measures, probably bleeding you in all fairness, to relieve the pressure. So, humorism is the humoral theory, a system of medicine detailing a supposed makeup and workings of the human body, adopted by the ancient Greek and Roman physicians and other philosophers and it only began to fall out of favor in the 1850s <laughs> wow. yeah, with the advent of germ theory which is able to show that many diseases thought to be humoral were in fact caused by microbes so the 1850s for all the way from ancient Greece and Hippocrates wow. were things like that discovered from rotting foods and that wasn't it like all that like penicillin and things it was all Hippocrates, bread, people yeah. realised that mould wasn't just there was more to it, and things like that, and then they started to realise that things well, were airborne, Alexander and Fleming germs. And well, Alexander Fleming wasn't it invented penicillin, and that was basically from the advent of mouldy bread mm. when he discovered that. Oh, well, you know what? That's actually killed that germs. Oh, mm. fantastic! All of a sudden, life saving drug right there. Mm. But so the eighteen fifties, people said, oh, "Well, you know what? Gonna bleed me." What? too much black bile. What was this black bile? It's just it's one of the humours of you. They think your body's made up. It was, made, it was a made up thing because we don't have black bile in our bodies. There's bile in your body. There's these yellow bile. There's black, There's got to be some black bile in there somewhere. If it's black bile, I'm assuming that would be more disease inside you. So you might be looking at cancer with that. Hmm. Well, what you'd probably find is this old blood. It's not black bile, it's old blood or something like oh, that. Oh, jilk yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, Hippocrates was basically one of the first, well, the, the first doctor yeah. to sit there and actually observe what was happening with the patients, write down what worked, what didn't work, what he'd done, and tried to build case studies. I met him. Hippocrates? Yeah. yeah? On Assassin's Creed. I met him on Assassin's Creed as well. Yeah. He had to go and get his medical tools for the yeah, fortress man. for some reason. Sound bloke, actually. He's alright, isn't he? Bit crackers. You got not call him bored, though he gets annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> but you wonder where he got that four humours from. Yeah. Because it's just sort of plucked out of the air, really, isn't it? Yeah, well, it's an imagination thing. Yeah, but yeah. It, I infections were, were bad before. I mean, I were, for, for 2,000 years, it's considered. But until Go penicillin, to guide. <laughs> you know what I mean? Until penicillin, all you really had to keep wounds not getting infected was looking was like was changing, washing them, and changing the bandages every day. Well, not just that; they'd stuff it up with plant and things like that. Mm. Wouldn't they? They'd like be certain leaves, moss, you up and stick on it just to bind it and close the wound mm. and things. And yeah, not nice. But yeah. So obviously they're using the humorism system. So they rarely ever treated diseases as one entity. Instead, they treated each symptom, such as a cough or a fever, separately. And this meant patients often took more than one toxic remedy, and the cycle continued when the remedy itself caused new symptoms. Mm -hmm. Here, take this arsenic. It should cure that cough. (laughs) When someone became ill in the Middle Ages, the type of medical professional, quote... Who helped them largely depended on their location. Now, monks, especially Benedictine monks, commonly practiced medicine, and in large cities, at university, there were specially trained physicians and medical guilds. So, you know, if you got a bit of money, maybe you can. He looks like he's getting his penis cut off. He probably is. Uh, you got a headache? Cut your cock off. I don't fix it. So. Now, if a physician isn't available, there were three types of surgeons. The best was an educated surgeon, obviously. (laughs) Rose, which ended a scalpel to old. Followed by a craft surgeon. I assume they're like a home-trained surgeon. And then a barber surgeon, who's even more of a home-trained surgeon, but he'll cut your hair after and give you a shave. I was picturing Baldrick as the third choice. (laughs) (laughs) and The third choice, the servant. (laughs) (laughs) They've got a very rich heritage. It goes back to the Dark Ages. For centuries, societies relied on barber surgeons to provide the care and treatments that physicians wouldn't. First recognised around 1000 AD, Hmm. barber surgeons were considered the medical and grooming (laughs) experts in Europe throughout the Middle Ages and into the Renaissance. But that was basically because they had a cutthroat razor and they could bleed you. Yes. That was their medical knowledge. It does does take your leg off. Well, yeah yeah infected, yeah yeah, but that was basically their doctorate was, I have a very sharp knife, I can cut you, and you will bleed and release the pressure, yeah, because for years they believed that was the cure for almost every ailment, relieve the pressure,
1: yeah, because I should imagine back in the day they'd seen pustules or some sort of boils. Over the bodies and relieving the pressure on them and getting them. And it's the, worked. it's worked. <laughs> well it's worked <laughs> on that, it'll work on everything else. Yeah. <laughs> Fully enough, I mean,
0: draining it? the pus from the Bew boys during the Black Plague was something that was considered like, wow, that's a bit far out. Was it? Yeah, there was a surgeon who kept as a doctor or physician, sorry, who kept himself alive doing that, caught the plague. Whenever the Bew wasn't come up, he'd lance them.
1: Yeah.
0: But I mean, before it was like, oh no, better leave them, don't you know what them are. Because they're going to burst anyway.
1: Yeah.
0: But lancing them early, prevented further infection. Still, like, fucked him up. But he survived. Hmm. Early barber surgeons found their homes in the monasteries of Europe. Due to strict regulations, both religious and sanitary, monks were required to keep a shaved head. As a result, each monastery had to train or hire a barber surgeon to take care of grooming and medical procedures. The process of bloodletting, for example... Yeah, obviously withdrawal of blood from a patient to cure or prevent illness and disease practiced by monks was passed on to the barber surgeons, thus cementing them within the surgical field. Mm. Now, bar- so it was the monks' fault yeah, then. <laughs> so sort of bloody monks. <laughs> you know, my nan used to tell me that nuns used to steal children. Probably did. You know, they used to hide them under the long robes and spirit them away to be Catholic. how else would they get new girls into the monastery? <laughs> yeah, well. If they get a boy with a mistake, they'll just pass it on to the priest. Yeah, the he's it is a little sex toy for you. Until he become a monk? Some. Until he until he becomes a monk, which is why he takes the vow of celibacy. I'm yeah. never <laughs> fucking doing that again. <laughs> no, because abu- the abused can become abusers, can't they? That's most often it, especially do, yeah. if it's institutionalised. Mm. Like the monasteries. Let's not assume that every monastery practice that, eh? Only ninety percent. <laughs> Only some of them, allegedly. So barbers who had a knack for handling sharp instruments such as scissors and razors assisted in bloodletting for the sick and as the profession progressed barber surgeons not doctors were charged with conducting surgical operations and looking after soldiers during and after battle like I say a lot of wars in the middle ages a lot of wars a lot of blunt force trauma weaponry a lot of stabby weaponry a lot of shooty pointy weaponry at least they all had nice hair. Barbers... <laughs> they were all fucking immaculately groomed. i tell me. you what, though. Barbers, when you think about it, have always been at the top of the fucking food chain as far as making probably money for a business goes. Because barbers nowadays cost you, what, 15 quid for a fucking short back and sides? So... Mate, I've been doing hairdressing 20, for 21 years. <laughs> for 20 minutes work, they make 15 quid, yeah? They do two, three of them an hour... Dirty £45 pound an hour. Happy fucking days. So you think how many, if they were also a doctor as well, Jesus Christ. So they've always been minted, them barbers. Haven't remember those simple things like pulling a tooth might cost you like a penny. Genuinely. Obviously, the price goes up the more <laughs> that you want doing, but mm. simple, something like pulling a tooth, yeah, cheap enough. Pliers in. Here's some brandy. Let's just look the, of the yeah, anaesthetic for, for a second. Like, there isn't any. You either get fucking hammered or have a blow to the head. And I say, if you're sensible, you'll do both. <laughs> get hammered, then have the blow to the head. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. That's your like options, the, isn't it? Um, could, this uh, point. I'm just imagining the price chart. Short back and sides, £15. Headache, in the same bracket, £15. <laughs> Short back and sides or headache, £15. <laughs> Beard your- trim. Or tooth pull, <laughs> fifty. In the early versions of the Hippocratic Oath, cautioned physicians from practicing surgery due to their limited knowledge on its invasive nature. Christianity again forbid dissection. So it wasn't until a lot later when you started to get a few rebels that human anatomy became to be known. And we're talking sort of the circulatory system wasn't known to the Renaissance when sort of things loosened up a little and there's a you know, profound intellectuals of their day were like well how the fuck do we work started doing this shit in secret to start with because the church would hunt them down and obviously kill them yeah or arrest them certainly
1: but when did all those old anatomy books start coming out where you
0: know the middle medieval high medieval period you start getting People are starting to learn again. People are getting slightly more educated about again. About 1500s. It's not just the monasteries that are educating people now. You're, starting to get, you're getting universities building up in cities, so people are starting to yeah. get educated again. Universities at the time and during the Renaissance did not provide education on surgery, which was deemed as a low trade of manual nature. <laughs> <laughs> not important, that. No. they only live to like 40 anyway so what is the point well that's another thing isn't it you've got your low life expectancy anyway most surgery probably results in they, the patient dying on the table they've got low life expectancy because they treat medicine and health as a low well, no, trade it's, it's, you just don't know enough about it as well they can't dissect bodies they can't get to the root of things yeah but if they did provide some education rather than just letting oh well the barber surgeons are care of it doesn't they're matter untrained aren't they just shows you though how things have progressed. Yeah, how long does it take to become a surgeon now? Oh God, ten years? Yeah. There you go. For a few years. I'd rather have that than nothing at all. Yeah. Just a local idiot with a pair of scissors and a fucking knife. You know what I mean? Well, I cut lying. your hair while I slit your veins. He's been,
1: he's been lancing <laughs> boils and warts <rocks> for <laughs> ages.
0: Yeah, and remember, none of that stuff's getting washed. No, yeah, that's yeah. the infection that's pretty much kills you. They don't know about that remember they might wash them if they get too grubby he might take off still, still a bit brain on this one I'll just rinse it off you know if he's got a sore he's got he's, you know he's got to take your leg off he might have done two legs this morning but he had not washed it oh by the way a medieval surgeon five minutes for an amputation on your leg one minute of that is the actual cutting and the other four minutes sorting the flap of skin out stitching that cauterizing the wound all of that
1: Five minutes. Ooh, I'd have a piece of hot metal anyway, just to. Oh, they like did, did, did. You have like, like a, an, iron? an iron
0: on the fire, but it's a brand. cauterisation was. We'll get into that, but it was really that was like a. You got an open wound. Cauterise it. That was. That was pretty much it. Well, if it was cauterise it and take chances or bleed to death, you're going to go with cauterise it, aren't you? Well, of course, yeah, exactly. That's that's that was, that was what they did to stop the bleeding. Kills infection as well. That's it. Then you have a burn, which is also susceptible to infection. It's keeping that clean afterwards, yeah. Mm. Alongside the barber surgeon, they did have specialised practitioners like midwives, dentists and eye doctors, although they still had witches and wise men, which were also present to recommend herbs. Yeah, you know, they lived in the woods. They're the remnants of what was left of the old ways. The old ways. They'd always be at the black market, wouldn't they? They're obviously
1: like black markets. Yeah, the hermits and that, yeah.
0: The hermit black market
1: yeah
0: trading herbs
1: Yeah.
0: herbs and spices
1: going under, under the radar of the Protestants.
0: we're just living away out of town when and there's only like the, you know the peasants go and see them yeah
1: exactly
0: maybe they were originally called herbits not hermits Herbits. Herbits, yeah hmm. right let's let's move on to some of the <laughs> common cures as pete's so always said and we've all said as pete mentioned Bloodletting, to cure all in medieval Europe, that is. Got a cold? Let your blood. The practice has its origins in ancient India and in Greece, and it continued into the Middle Ages. And that's when the task was as designated the barber-surgeons. That's where you get the red stripe on the barber pole. It represents the blood. And the wow. bandages.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go to the barbers next time to see. Just hold my arm out. Come let me please. I'm not uh, I'm not feeling too hot <laughs> today. Just, uh, just don't mind bleeding me while you do my beard, would you? You've got the sign outside that says you do it. Actually, a lot of them apply blue to it now for some reason. It's royals only. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> God damn them. <laughs> so the blood was drawn by either puncturing a vein or applying leeches. Barber surgeons used bloodletting to treat gangrene, insanity, leprosy, gout, cholera, plague, scurvy, tuberculosis, and even acne. It was believed that bloodletting balanced the four humors of the body again: black bile, phlegm, yellow bile, and blood. It's just worth pointing out, everyone, just in case uh, listeners, if you do feel that you're ill and you feel like letting your blood. Please don't. Don't, because it's now considered completely ineffective at treating any of those diseases. It's really? just called self-harming now. Although well, leeches are coming back. They prevent blood clots. Leeches are still used. Yeah, they are, yeah. In, in yeah. lots of countries, even our country, leeches are used for certain things. There are. There are leech a farms. Leech. A yeah, leech on
1: a dirty big spot, might work out.
0: think well oh, it would suck out the um, I don't know if it would suck it out because know, it's pussy it doesn't want to think of pussy it wants blood mm-hmm. it just gotta, prevents blood clots you gotta pop a, you got to pop a spot Claire else <laughs> are the pimple pop inside going to keep going <laughs> what I do get a bit of soap laser it in your hands and then pop it on your spot and let it dry mm-hmm. dries at the spot and... another oh, good one yeah. is toothpaste put a bit of same, toothpaste same thing, yeah put a bit of toothpaste on your spot and just leave it yeah. toothpaste or soap yeah Mm. Them. What about trepanning? That goes back to the fucking stone age. That is a surgical procedure involving a circular hole being drilled in the skull. Mm. And this is what leads to that demon out, curing madness. <laughs> Bit mad, are you? Mad Bert. Bit mad. Alright, come over here. I've got the drill. Oh, See, right. was it the back of the skull? It's the top of the skull. It's anywhere on the skull, really. Top of the skull, usually. Top of the skull is quite thin, isn't it? Because I suppose, like, they could. I... Well, it's basically lobotomizing, isn't it? No, it's literally, they, they don't touch the brain. They just go through the skull.
1: They said a piece of bone was removed and was kept as a charm to ward off evil spirits.
0: Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I want to wear a piece of my own skull as a yeah. charm now. Well, I can still grave right? Probably I Probably mean, not someone else's. A necklace of it, wouldn't you? After a while, if you've been there at it enough times, but <laughs> well, so if you... you're mad enough, yeah, you've been out of school. That's <laughs> the problem. A bit draughty in the winter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my brain's cold. <laughs> Even during the Middle Ages, though, some recognised the ludicrousness of this procedure. Uh, the Dutch painter was Bosch, one of my favourite painters, actually, yeah, good. the one that Bosch, mocks the procedure in one of his paintings, "The Extraction of the Stone of Madness." Is that this mm. painting? It is, it's just done by Bosch then. Bosch. It's
1: like he's cutting off someone's leg, is he?
0: Yeah, that is I saw. Just amputation, dismemberment, secure. Remember, dismemberment is the was the term for surgical amputation, which was used to cure infected wounds. Because if you get an infection in that wound, you are fucked. Leg off, and you still may not survive at that. Yeah. Depends how quick the amputations done, how quick the infection is noticed. Prior to the 17th century, amputation actually referred to a punishment for criminals. So I guess if you're a thief, I cut your hands off. That's amputation. Still do Surgical in some term- countries now. Surgical now. Surgical now. Surgical term is dismemberment. Some countries are allied with us. Mm-hmm. The owners of Newcastle United. And <laughs> the ones. For anaesthesia purposes, like we said, it's either a potentially hazardous herb, like a deadly nightshade or a wolfbane, or booze, or a blow to the head. That's your choices. I'll probably take the booze and the blow to the head. You give, a, give me a bottle of brandy, and then it hit me on the head with something. I'll go with that. Mm. Medieval surgeons obviously had no concept of sterilisation, and the patient often got infected from the surgery. After the limb was removed, the leg was cauterised to stop the bleeding, and if the patient did survive the anaesthetic, infection and surgical procedure, they were often mentally traumatised for life.
1: <laughs> you would be! Um. It's,
0: it's kind of no surprise, is it, really? No. No, it isn't. I mean, especially if they don't give you the booze. No. And they like I say, a minute to get the leg off. Now, a minute isn't a long time, is it? No. But it is when someone's sawing through your fucking flesh with probably not a very sharp saw. No. You know, don't think this thing's like, he's bought a new one just for the job, where he's had it sharpened. Now that's overheads. If that'll do three legs before he has to get it re-sharpened, He'll you're the, the third guy. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't got to be sharp. Maybe he does more than three. Who knows? Oh, oh. And plus you've got the gems and the other two. That's like, it. The legs chopped off, is still on the blade. Yeah, it would be a very rare barber surgeon or surgeon or anyone at this point that washed their tools. Surely mm.
1: they just just... What, no. under the
0: tap? Ain't no running water.
1: No.
0: But remember as well is because this also runs into another fact: the medieval hygiene, in particular, was not exactly fantastic. No. But remember medieval town in England? Shit all over the roads. Human excrement, cow and pig excrement, and horse piss, straw, horse bodies, you, blood. If you lived downtown from the uh, slaughterhouse. Yep. Sounds nice, I can have visit. <laughs> well, for that, Mike, you'll need time travel. <laughs> or just go down to Brookside on any average Saturday night. There well, would have been bodies and be things like that around. And yeah, there'd be people drunk in the street, there'd be dead bodies, there'd and be yeah, dead the animals. Would be
1: respectful, you, you know, and well, the
0: okay, house, wouldn't they? Well, the houses aren't exactly clean, but there's straw on the floors at like the old Iron Horse pub.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> straw on the floor and bare concrete, bare stone. There's rats, there's fleas, there's lice, no. People are, are washing, like, if you were rich, if you were rich and considered a bit fucking feminine, you might wash once a month. The King of England, some King of England during the plague was mocked for washing once a month. Come <laughs> with king skin he was. You know, it was just, oh, it was crazy. You, know, you might go for a dip in the river now and again, but the soap they had was that coarse that it actually rubbed your skin raw.
1: Oof.
0: Had salt in it.
1: I thought they'd be, always be in the, the river, like No No they wouldn't
0: bathe that often. Not in his country. Once every yeah. couple of oh, months. Or if is. you're one of the guys whose job it is to fish the turds out the fucking river and you have to get in there, then yeah, you're probably gonna have a dip further up you know, further downstream on a little tributary or something, aren't you? It was that job. People did it, Mike. <laughs> People did it. They sell it by the roadside. No, there was a job. They had to fish the shit out of it. Where did they fresh turds get your fresh like turds two groats of turd put <laughs> them on a stick two thing. groats that's a fucking rip off <laughs> put them on a stick and sold them as kebabs <laughs> Turkish kebabs people did it <laughs> Turkish people to, kebabs people had to get on night soil men you would have to go into the night soil pits where with people would throw their shit and piss and then I think and clean it out it was it was revolting but they'd every day obviously <laughs> maybe some of them didn't I don't know but again public toilets were pretty much non-existent if there was a bridge there'd be public toilets built into that so you'd shit directly into the river Yeah. but there was alleys and things like that called Piss Alley and things like that in London there's still alleyways called Piss Alley you don't to be living down in in, in Paris (laughs) in Paris there is literally a pee pee street you can be in some medieval English towns ankle deep in all of that. Oh. Yep. We painted quite a picture of this. We are. It's fucking grim, mate. That <laughs> took us yeah. a, good, a good five minutes to get that description across, didn't it, <laughs> really? <laughs> so. I, I felt it needed the elaboration <laughs> of how fucking grim it is. I hope nobody's eating the tea. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you're eating your dinner or your lunch or whatever you want to call it, we do apologise. If it's all over your screen now, <laughs> don't send us the bill. <laughs> <laughs> But obviously there was herbal treatment, right? And this obviously goes back to stuff we'd learnt and had been kind of wiped out and then people started going, oh, you know what? Then wise have been on to something. The Should wise we, woman. The wise woman. The wise woman. There's wise persons. No, it's usually a wise woman. The wise woman. Blackhead, it? You don't need to talk to me like that. I'm not a tourist. <laughs> purple flowers. Any a medieval way of thinking, anything that had purple flowers had to work. Do you know why? Purple was seen as a color of royalty. Purple cloth was incredibly expensive. The only way you could make purple cloth was with a special dye from a shellfish.
1: Yeah.
0: That is the only the very wealthy could afford purple. Shellfish cloth. bastards. Yeah. Therefore, anything purple had to work. Therefore, anything purple because it's that it works because it's obviously rich and luxurious and great. You know, I like that, actually. Even though they gave the plants scary names like Deadly Nightshade and Wolfsbane and were aware of their poisonous properties, they continued to use them as remedies because they were purple. But, Doctor, everyone seems to be dying still. Purple!
1: It won't work out in the end.
0: (laughs) That guy over there is having a fit, purple! (laughs) <laughs> give him some more wolf spain. what about this lavender this pet's not purple enough <laughs> not the right kind of but it's really good gets- no <laughs> uh, belladonna belladonna deadly nightshade has purple flowers and black blackberries has been used for its medicinal, poisonous, psychoactive, and cosmetic purposes. Apparently, in medieval Europe, witches use belladonna to make a hallucinogenic brew. Huh. Makes sense. I say witches. I say like you know herbalists. Yeah. Witches are also said to have created a flying ointment out of belladonna, opium poppy, monkshood, and poison hemlock. You fancy getting high tonight and flying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly where to get poison hemlock for and monkshood. Do you know what? Opium poppy? Yeah, I could probably find some there. <laughs> yeah, definitely Belladonna. I've got some of them in my back garden. Italian noblewomen used Belladonna droplets to dilate their pupils, which was seen as a sign of beauty. However, overuse of the droplets would lead to blindness. Oh, shit. Macbeth? Of Scotland. Well, he was, uh, he was a fictional character, but yeah. He tried to use it to poison the English army. He did use it to poison the English oh. army. Now, as a medicine, belladonna was used as a pain reliever and anti-inflammatory. Unlike other questionable medieval practices, belladonna is still actually used today as a medicine. Although instead of gathering wild belladonna leaves and roots, people usually uh, cultivate it for one its alkaloids, uh, which is an antispasmodic. Is that how I say that? Anti-spasmodic? I think yeah, so. Yeah, pretty much. Fantastic. Thought you make him a spaz. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Wow. Wow. <laughs> it's basically... Um, fitting. It's like yeah. yeah, it's the fitting, compulsive.
1: Convulsive. convulsive. No, I was just
0: looking at mine. S- Convulcing. Sort of unwokeness, mm. it was tragic. Yeah. It stops convulsions, basically. Yeah, yeah. School cap, a lavender-coloured plant that was used to cure headaches... Its seeds are thought to resemble tiny schools. That's pretty yeah. metal. Mm. Ooh, that's kind of creepy. In medieval medicine, if a plant resembled a part of the body, it was thought to be good at treating um, any ailment that affected that body part. The school trap was used to treat headaches. I see. So thought one those ones with a big cone on the end were these.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Noses. Of warts. Nosebleeds.
0: Nosebleeds. <laughs> uh. <laughs> This practice I'm thinking that hey if it looks like that part of the body it's clearly meant to to treat it. So do you think it would cure leaky dick then? Well the don't cold know. one. <laughs> I'll try it. Depends on why do you want to stretch Open your ear ear failed. we <laughs> <laughs> We'll find some for you, here you go. We'll let you know next week, listeners. <laughs> Lily's
1: yeah. a
0: highly toxic one. I'll be sticking don't, up my jats eye then, don't don't, right? don't yeah. be rubbing no yeah, don't be rubbing them around your cock. No, I do. let's see what happens. Well <laughs> if it's shaped like a cock it must fix a cock. I'm not showing you my cock again again. The... <laughs> again <laughs> Yeah, not twice in one week. <laughs> He's got to give you something to before it to <laughs> You gotta wait till next Monday now. You can't have ski sex on the deal of the Queen Beat Why is that when they say it is? It next is. Monday. Yeah. Is that the nineteenth?
1: Yes, I think yeah, so.
0: Okay. The day my course starts, typically. Yeah, you're going to start. Starting off. the next day. <laughs> <laughs> so, that practice, like knowing, hey, just because it looks like that must cure it, is the doctrine of signatures and thus thought to be a guide from God. Does it makes sense, I suppose. I can understand. Way. Where you would make that connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, What about monkshood or wolfsbane? Wolfsbane's a pretty cool name. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's used as a pain reliever, sedative, and anaesthetic. When applied to the skin, it eventually paralyses the nerves. It is a dangerous anesthetic to use because it is poisonous. In Asia, hunters and warriors tip their arrows in poison derived from wolfsbane to kill bears and other enemies. That's pretty fucking cool. Mm. Cool. It
1: must be quite potent if it's killing bears.
0: Hmm. Well, you'd be like fucking dipping that shit in, wouldn't you? dipping that spear point in an arrowhead taken orally wolf's vein numbs the nerves and slows the heart rate to a dangerously low level a large enough dose can cause instantaneous death so I bet there's a few, sort of, bit of experimentation going on there yeah even handling the leaves with bare hands can cause poisoning that affects the heart mm. uh, so modern medicine has abandoned it this is a highly toxic plant lung wart Treat the lungs, by any chance? <laughs> yeah, they were used to treat infections of the lungs. It caused coughs or breathing problems because it's purple and it's called lung ward. It looks like a lung. Mm. That causes liver damage. Uh. Tooth ward? Toothache? Yeah, obviously. does not say if that killed you. May have worked, may not have. Rosemary. That's if your wife's called Rosemary and she's being a pain in the ass. A rosemary is a flowering plant, it's from the mint family, and it was sometimes used to make teas which are thought to cure many illnesses or reeds. Reeds? Wreath? i never heard that before. No, we it. Rosemary is one of the few medieval remedies that isn't hardly toxic, and in fact remains a popular mm. flavouring, though in medieval Europe many superstitions mm. surrounded it. So. I think that's what. that sweet that. Turkish delight.
1: Yeah.
0: That's, that's not rosemary, that's rose. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, it's oh, also yeah. in a purple wrapper, which means it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: That's fries, Turkish yeah, Delight. Yeah, fries, it's Turkish Delight. Like, it is turkish nice, like. though.
0: I do like real Turkish Delight. What's the difference? Fries is nasty.
1: Is it? Yeah,
0: compared. And turkish all Turkish Delight's nasty. I don't like any of it. Uh, you get nice flavoured ones. get a nice lemon one. That's beautiful. Oh, like Turkish Delight. Turkish Delight's lovely. I've always been a big fan of Turkish Delight. It's always one of the go-to gifts friends and family get me. Is that I'll a get, hint? We'll get, we'll get pizza. Get pizza of Turkish Delight. No, it's like, oh, what do we get for Christmas? And I'll give him some Turkish Delight for then a holiday or something. and we've we'll come back with some fancy Turkish Delight for me. You'd sell it to your friends to the Queen then, wouldn't you? What? Isn't that? <laughs> the kid likes Turkish Delight, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. Oh, shit, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the Witch in the Wardrobe. Like the Witch yeah. in the Wardrobe. <laughs> well, remember, guys, Claire, like Mike... If we ever got a narnia, don't trust Pete. <laughs> Especially if he's got white powder around his face. <laughs> it's not cocaine. It's Turkish Delight. You sold us out, you fucker. <laughs> Get him, Aslan. <our> <laughs> Sick him. Sick him. But my name's Peter, so surely I'd be the, the main king anyway. Oh, no, you got a weakness for Turkish Delight. Uh, sorry. <laughs> i got a weakness for... Blonde bitches as well, so. <laughs> Sorry, the Queen's dark head. I was have many superstitions surrounding rosemary. It was thought to improve the memory. It was used as a poppet stuffing to cure illness. Poppet stuffing is. they popping it. <laughs> like the Native American dream catcher, a sprig of rosemary placed under the pillow could dispel nightmares. It was said that the rosemary would not grow in the gardens of evil people. <laughs> And it was grown inside the home, so that home would be protected from witches.
1: All lead bollocks!
0: <laughs> oh, they didn't use just purple plants, though. There was other stuff. Mandrake. An aphrodisiac, a cure-all, and for its hypnotic properties. Also known to be poisonous, though. But medicinally, it was used to cure goat and insomnia, and heal wounds, and as an anaesthetic. Directly according to its screams. Although, of course, Harry Potter says, and this is true, obviously, according to the doctrine of signatures, mandrake roots resemble an entire man or woman. So, so it was thought that mandrake roots were capable of shrieking if they were pulled from the ground, and that could drive a person mad and even kill them. It's the early version of date rape. Aphrodisiac yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and an anaesthetic so it makes them <laughs> horny and knocks them out <laughs> depends on the dosage <laughs> whether well, you knock yourself out it makes them horny it looks like a man or woman and he shrieks when he pull it from the ground it's date rape <laughs> well you know what Mike Why? The, I bet someone used it for that I'll guarantee you yeah. someone at some point has at least tried because it was still valued as a cure-all strange rituals were invented for safely harvesting mandrake root one involved tying a dog to the plant to pull it up so the dog would die instead of the person. Oh, oh fucking hell. Poor dog. a bunch luckily, of are. Yeah. Luckily. Bring on no, that giant asteroid right now. Yeah. I've heard enough. That's no, luckily, no dogs died from pulling up a mandrake. But
1: they
0: did. Why didn't they use... Arthritic? The mandrakes don't really squeal and kill people.
1: No, I'm not. I'm, yeah.
0: Why didn't they use arthritic mice? Arthritic <laughs> mice? It's not going to pull out a mandrake, is it? Enough of them.
1: <laughs> like
0: 50, 50 little arthritic mice. Yeah. yeah. And you've got to train those mice and make yeah. little yokes for them to carry to pull the thing. Little stirrups, little harnesses. Right? Yeah. What, 50 to <laughs> 90 mice? Arthritic mice. <laughs> so you're going to be... spend your evenings sewing 90 little harnesses <laughs> for arthritic yeah. and round the mice up. Yeah. And make sure they've all got arthritis and hope they'll survive longer. Well, it doesn't, doesn't matter, does it? Because they're going to go insane and die anyway. Uh, that's right. why I'm using the arthritic mice. They're almost dead. Okay. <laughs> it's just the logistics of this operation, is our that question. <laughs> that's, that's, that's all. Uh, what about the rabid rabbit? <laughs> <laughs> you just got to round them up. Unfortunately, the rabbit might bite you. and You might become rabid yourself. Yeah. It's quite dangerous. In them days they all had metal gauntlets. You'd been all right. There we go. Yeah. You've seen Monty Python and the Holy Grail. That was <laughs> rad. <laughs> that had blokes in armor. That's kind of what made me think about it. <laughs> I
1: a little, little vision of Mike turning up to the mice bingo. Come on, come on, you're arthritic enough.
0: The mice bingo? Yeah. All <laughs> oh, right. To get the all mice? the blue permed mice. Yeah, I got them. <laughs> Mm. Going around the mice old people's homes, yeah. rounding them up. Fucking mercy, like the mouse Hitler. Working, those, a imp- bit working those people to death. <laughs> working those mice to death. They're almost dead anyway. What's well, so euthanasia is fine, is it? Working them to death is fine. <laughs> Got a bleak dystopian view to the mouse populations, got. I'm sure that's right, why it went from yeah. that
1: to getting tested on, isn't it? Mm-hmm.
0: Exactly. Well, I guess so. Being a mouse sucks, it doesn't it? It does. There's poor mice and pulling out them mandrakes. Yeah. All right. Henbane. Nothing to do with hens, though. No chickens involved. It's a yellow plant that was popular with witches and also used as a sedative and an anodyne. What's that? I have no idea. No. <laughs> Him as a science officer, I've got no clue. But hey. I'm guessing it's got something to do with hallucinations, it's used to give hallucinations of flying. Ooh. Mm. To make an anaesthetic, it was combined with deadly nightshade, mandrake, and datora. It is also poisonous on its own and not used in medicine today. The moonflower, datora, is a hallucinogenic, poisonous plant with white flowers, which is used datora to make flight ointments, so it's more hallucinogenics, and love potions. Again, probably more hallucinogenics. You go up to the girl you love tripping on acid, declare your love for her, probably do some kind of dance, girding your tits off. Uh, <laughs> He's think... in the face and died he, he that... of poison. <laughs> anodyne is a painkiller. Uh, you think uh, of anodyne. Mm. Uh, no
1: way. Been a proper school day today.
0: Yeah. yeah. The seeds or leaves were dripped into a fermented drink which dropped. caused visual hallucinations. It was sought to cure insomnia, deafness and fever. If it does put a person into a sleeping state, it actually causes hypothermia. If a person survives, they usually feel pain when looking at bright light for several days and experience amnesia. Yeah. So you, yeah, you're right, Mike. Dead yeah. rape drug. I'd have gone with that one for the
1: amputation,
0: wouldn't you? Well, yeah. You forget it, it all.
1: Yeah, you forget it all, I, you know.
0: Yeah, but you're hallucinating while they're chopping your leg off. But the barber surgeons ain't using that shit. This is what he as a peasant. You know, the, the wise woman gives you it. A wise woman? The wise woman! <laughs> Put <laughs> Yarrow, a soldier's wound ward or blood ward Yarrow was commonly used to treat knights who were wounded in battle, and this treatment was actually effective because the flowers do help to clot blood. Yay! When pressed against a wound. Yes, yeah, so that that actually works, you know. I was saying mm-hmm. earlier about the pack wounds with leaf yeah. and things. It, that would have been that's it. The leaf that they have used. It would have been that of petals or whatever. Claire, go on. Do liverwort.
1: Liverwort is a small plant that was used to treat the liver, as a prescribed by a doctrine of signatures.
0: So it looks like a liver. Cool. So therefore, God's it it the put that there mm-hmm. to cure the liver.
1: Modern science found no validity in treating the liver with liverwort, but liverwort does have does does uh, serve a purpose for decorating aquariums in the modern world. Yay! Like most medieval remedies, liverwort can also be used as a poison.
0: Yay! Wormwood. Wormwood is a bitter-tasting plant, perhaps best known as an ingredient in... Absinthe! Absinthe! Nice. Ah, okay. But... Before that, it was used to make tea that treats intestinal parasites. You know what probably works? Ambrosium's pretty fucking strong, yeah. isn't it? It'll probably kill anything in good. Hmm. Unlike other medieval uh, remedies, wormwood may have some valid medical properties. It inhibits the growth it inhibits. of it inhibits the growth of bacteria, yeast, and some herbalists believe that the fungus helps to treat. Athlete's foot and ringworm. Disclaimer: Consult with the doctor first. Yeah, yeah.
1: Don't be putting some wormwood on your old bacterial yeast infection. <laughs> it also
0: works well at treating malaria, so that's what it's used for today. Still, mm, fantastic. So that's pretty cool. Double stick it on your ringworm. Yeah, or your ring piece. <laughs> I was going to say that. Yeah. Medieval remedies. i would do a quick guide to a cure-all. Now, if you got any disease in medieval Europe, you want either a mandrake root, bloodletting sage, rosemary, cheese, or vervain, which is a sprig of purple flowers. For madness, you need a bag full of buttercups worn around the neck. Oh, that'll work. Bloodletting or trepanin Oh, that's a trepanin <laughs> You go screaming in the street. That's a trepanin <laughs> <Okay. laughs>
1: So for insomnia, you'd need a, a mixture of nettles and egg whites, mandrake root, datura, and saffron.
0: Kind of sounds tasty. Hmm. Mm. Think it nettles. nettles. <laughs> well, the, the mandrake root's gonna be not it? Yeah, it's gonna yeah, be nettle nettle tea. tea. Mm. The mandrake root will knock you out, wouldn't it? That's what that does. Provide the dose is right, it doesn't kill you. So well, for a stage, fever, you use datura, angelica, chamomile, and coriander seeds. Mm. With a calf, you go for Lungwort, Whorehound, <laughs> Pennyroyal, or oh, Pennyroyal Tea, the sung, yeah. and Honey Oregano. Ooh. Sounds that might bright. actually work. You yeah. Know. Nightmares. Rosemary placed under the pillow. Ooh, rosemary, eh? Mm. Oh, probably a bit of lavender as well to help you sleep. I was just thinking of some bird called Rosemary, sorry. She's going to be under my pillow, is she? she? whole lot of rosy. Oh, yeah. Ooh, yeah.
1: For anaesthetic, she'd use a deadly nightshade, monkshood, henbane, mandrake root, opium, gall of boar, <laughs> or cloves.
0: So these like, are, hey, that boar, have the gallbladder?
1: Cloves are slightly anaesthetic because if you yeah. chew on them, say so you've got toothache, they it it can you know.
0: Oil of cloves, isn't it? You yeah. get yeah yeah. Mm. So for headaches, you'd use a skull cap, boiled heather, chamomile, lavender, rosehip tea. Stomachache is mint, oregano and ginger. Which is still very well known today. All three of those. Maybe not so much oregano, but mint and ginger. I don't know, I just, I've never really used anything for stomachache, and already, maybe already, something like that, I don't know what to Ginger's really good for upset stomach. I don't even think I've got ginger in the air, so I've had stomach had so I've never really had to try anything. Chop a bit of ginger up into a couple of little pieces, stick it in water, in a bottle of something. Drink it and it, it tastes lovely as well. It's it good. gives a well, nice.
1: sickness as well. They said do you want a piece of ginger or ginger nut biscuit.
0: Yeah, oh. it's just good for an upset stomach. Well, I do like a ginger nut biscuit. Mmm. Mm.
1: Dip in milk.
0: Yeah, man. Oh, it's just on his own. The I'll milk's make. not so good though with an upset stomach. Oh, man, get no. some ginger nuts <laughs> tomorrow. Mmm. Oof. Ooh. Chest pains, yeah. mortician. <laughs> I can guarantee that mint and parsley and boiled in wine is not going to save it. Well, for a heart attack, yeah, <laughs> the chest pain, isn't it? <laughs> mm. If you've got a bit of melancholy, you just get a bit of lemon balm. I'll sniff. I can't see that
1: working. Myrrh.
0: Oh, sorry, lemon, but melancholy. It's a lemon balm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, lemon drizzle cake okay, could cheer me up. <laughs> mm. <laughs> well, yeah.
1: Not sure
0: they had access to cakes back then. They had cakes. They must have had cakes. They're bakers, didn't you? They? they made bread, they well, I I don't know, actually. I,
1: don't know. How about sugar? It no, I, I reckon, he, I reckon,
0: I reckon they the aristocracy cakes. and that make cakes. They, they had cakes. Because you you only need to watch plebs and that was set in Rome. Like in like yeah, we can't look at plebs as an accurate social record. <laughs> what? <laughs> I thought it was. I thought that was like Stop genuine... taking the the writings of Plebeius. I thought it was, I thought it was like genuine fact. Like ah. Oh. <laughs> so if you if you've got wounds, you can you can use myrrh and yarrow, whatever the fuck yarrow is. And if you got a burn or a snake bite, you can use St John's wort. Don't they use that for depression?
1: No, no, they, As well, they're... you can
0: buy St John's wort tablets yeah, yeah. today. I'm sure you can. Yeah. I know St John's ambulance, but. That's where it come from. It's all part to do with that, is it?
1: No,
0: I just made that up. Alright. <laughs> you sounded convincing enough to me though. Well yeah. <laughs> oh, Pete, you you believe Sasquatch hunters? <laughs> I don't believe Sasquatch hunters, I believe that it could be Beachesley Burge Beach Lee face up with his do light. Explains <laughs> it. Listen, you have you just imagine get the Saint surprise John's look wart. on Pete's face then. <laughs> oh. Get St John's Wart. Yeah, well, get, get that man some St John's Wart immediately. <laughs> Alright, so if you are a medieval doctor, you've got a lot if to contend with. If you are a medieval with. doctor, like, there's loads from about yeah. still. I've seen plenty of plague doctors around in Halloween. If you were a medieval doctor, you've got a lot to contend with. As you mentioned, there's like lots of unsanitary conditions. People aren't bathing. There's no anaesthetic, so you get a simple a simple cut on your finger could effectively kill you through gangrene if your fingers or hands aren't taken off quick enough. Mm-hmm. There's our like skin disease as well. Do yeah. you remember Black out a ploppy son of ploppy, the jailer? Yeah. <laughs> he a We truly, sir, you are lucky. We live in an age where illness, sickness, and deformity are rife, but you are the most disgusting individual I've ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) So, let's go through a few. The Black Death literally killed a third of the population of Europe, transmitted through fleas of the common ratus ratus. That's the Latin for rat, by the way, ratus ratus. Lazy in (laughs) it. (laughs) <laughs> it is literally it, it all started it started in the east there is some thought that it started with hamster fleas pet hamster fleas so hamsters so little little mr nibbles there with his puffy little cheeks i
1: don't think they were keeping them as hamsters back then they'll have been little wild hamsters. they would have been together, but people
0: know. might have kept them as pets. i can't see it Might have you don't know they've
1: got other problems no one got time for that shit Oh, See,
0: <laughs> <laughs> People have always had pets, Claire. We have had dogs, hunting dogs, security dogs, herding think, dogs, cats just to laze around and look at us disdainfully. They didn't have hamsters, though. They might have had hamsters, you don't know? Mm, I don't People, think so. had pet snakes, they might have had... You know. I well, want one of them, give, give me one of them. I'm not saying there's pet shops and stuff, but, you know, um, some little... Maybe you know, some little princesses like, oh, they're cute. I want one of them, daddy. Get daddy. I want. I want one. Only oh, sends his guards to trap one. Oh, he's like but hamster there. gives the plague. Uh, the princess has got it. Every commoner wants it, of course. And they all get the plague. Daddy, daddy, I <laughs> want
1: the plague. The princess has it. <laughs>
0: they all oh, you get the hamster. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> the plague as well. Oh, the plague's fucking nasty, you know, because it's just not just the bubonic the bubonic takes like two or three days to kill you maybe your wheat tops there's one called cephalactic shock cephalactic It's do the blood poisoning basically it'll kill you in 24 hours less there's a story of like a monk staying in with a family and he's like and they went to bed like 10 o'clock when he woke up in the morning at dawn they're all dead all dead of the plague probably better though isn't it quicker oh fuck yeah when the plague first started they started to come into Europe via trading vessels but the Mongols actually because they're fucking bad badass, utilised as a weapon when they besieged Khafer a city in present day Ukraine they loaded the dead and dying bodies of soldiers who'd been infected with the plague onto the catapults, yeah. launched yeah. them over the city walls to infect those behind because if they can't all too sick to man the walls we can fucking take this place yeah. biological weapons yeah they do it all the time. If they caught an, an enemy patrol inside the walls, heads off, in a sack, over the wall, spreads disease. Because, you know, we talked about the plague doctors.
1: Who actually noticed that, that
0: it was the, the fleas in the end? Uh, we, we found out that went later on. That mm. was like a lot later. Hundreds and, of years later. Yeah, when right. we when we figured out germology. and Because remember, the black dead hasn't gone away. They hadn't gone away, it's pretty rare nowadays. It's still about. about. But the last major epidemics, we discovered germ theory at that point, and obviously we can treat it now. It's pretty much non lethal. Well, Mm. can be pretty much non lethal if you're treated. I'd say if it's untreated. Oh, you you probably chances are you you may well die from it. Well, some people do have a natural immunity. We've probably all got a degree of natural immunity to it now because of. It, it had to die out through natural immunity mm. so well or it just kills too fast that's the problem the black plague, the plague at the time the demonic plague killed too fast it was ravaging for itself to survive societies no more hosts uh, to infect and they had you killed everyone it infect mm. the ones that did survive obviously they passed on their genes to us and that's why yeah, some people um, are really weirdly relieved. Poland was not very affected by the plague mm-hmm. Polish people seem to have some kind of natural immunity somewhere mm-hmm. or it could be to do with the fact that the king of poland at the time had a jewish mistress who really liked cats and because she was quite a popular figure a lot of people had cats to copy her and of course what do cats do kill cats rats, rats
1: yeah.
0: could be that there weren't as many rats around because mm-hmm. there was more cats but ironically that's why poland had a large jewish is because jews were villainized because let's face it, nothing new. It's a bit of a trend. In the medieval period, Jews were villainised. They thought Jews had poisoned the wells. Jews, lepers, and gypsies were persecuted during this time, because many believe that they were spreading the plague. Jews have always been persecuted because, in especially in Roman Catholic terms, Roman Catholic medieval terms, Jews killed Christ. They're the ones that gave him up. Yeah. That's a blame for everything. That's what I mean. So, they've always been victimised across Europe. medieval period, and of course the Holocaust. But the prejudice has always been there from fucking day one. Because of religion. So, Poland, because the king of Poland is actually quite fond of Jewish people, his mistress is Jewish, he sort of had an amnesty for them, let them in. Which, sadly, is, is why Poland had a larger Jewish population than most of the countries in Europe when World War Two rolled around mm. but let's see, she liked cats saves a lot of people Flagellants were a bunch of religious fanatics who went around whipping themselves in atonement for mankind's sins, it was kind of like a show they'd do like, they'd come into town singing and whipping themselves and they'd do like three shows a day <laughs> rotate the guys through and whipping yeah, whipping, yeah singing, praying, everybody would gather around to watch them. They were banned from England. The king of the time thought they were just lunatics and didn't like that kind of religious frenzy. So he said, nope, if I find any fragments in the country, you will be killed. Don't like you. But Germany, they were very, very, very popular. A lot of this really took off in in modern day Germany, Germany. (laughs) That doesn't surprise
1: me.
0: (laughs) 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 violence. Wilhelm brings the vip. Don't forget the Leather
1: Stockings!
0: (laughs) Think of today when we think the end is nigh, yeah, and we're all on this apocalypse spiral today, aren't we nowadays? They had exactly the same thing in the Middle Ages when the plague was happening. This is the end, this is the apocalypse. People were like writing on church walls in paint as they lay there because they'd gone to the church to basically try and get medical care. on death's door everyone around them dead and they've wrote like if this is life it's a joke on the wall yeah you, you... it's crazy they would write stuff like that people found graffiti Get, <laughs> saying about the pointlessness of existence or an empty godless universe that's when you realise that we've always been the same it's always going to be the end yeah. we'll do a proper full blown but it might be like a three part or into the black death because it's a major thing and it's there's a lot of mental shit went on. Like people used to see Grim Reapers thrashing the wheat outside of the town and then after that town would be affected by the plague. With mm. the miasmas. Mm. Crazy. Medieval remedies for the Black Death, however, were, consisted of a <laughs> bath of vinegar and rose water, lancing the Bew boys, which was kind of found out towards the end, bloodletting, which we just did from the start, a burning incense made of rosemary, garlic, mustard, or Four Thieves Vinegar, which is a concoction of vinegar infused with herbs and spices. But at Lance and them B-Boys, you're pretty much dead. I wonder if it was real vinegar and not the shit that they serve in chip shops today. You know what? I was devastated with that. Mm. I know. It wasn't proper vinegar anymore, the chippy. What? What is nope. it? It's a mixture of imitation vinegar. Yeah. It's safer, cheaper to transport. It's easier to produce. It just tastes like vinegar. Yeah. You're probably not having proper it's vinegar. So t-
1: Is it still got the acidity or alcohol, you know? Alcohol
0: nope, it? it's just about the taste. Ah.
1: I don't
0: even like the vinegar, sir. Good, isn't it? Leprosy. That is an infection. That we all know lepers, don't we? Those lovable rogues oh, from infection. most Well, in Bible films. Bits of bodies falling off here That's and it, there. Uh, it's an infection. It infects the nerves, skin, eyes, and nose. Lepers experience severe social stigma in the medieval era before being persecuted for supposedly spreading the Black Death. They were isolated in leper's colonies and treated with mercury. You don't want to be treated with mercury. No. We've decided this is going to be a two-parter. Mercury's going to come next week.
1: But he ain't around
0: then. Lepers is not around now because we know what causes it and we've got antibiotics and antivirals. It's still around <laughs> Yeah, now, it's, still right? around yeah it's still around It is, now. but it's, you can be not treated now, can it? Yeah, but it's poor countries that can't afford it, can they? Your Africans mm. and your Indias and mm. Pakistan, you find there's leprosy still so in the yeah. countries. And Well, you know, they all go around China. in their sackcloth of the hoods and ringing a bell, letting everyone know they're coming. Yeah, they still do that now. <laughs> <laughs> do they? I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me in some places. Hopefully not. Some people believe that lepers are going through purgatory on earth. I like that. I like that theory. Well, I don't like it. You know, it's just like, I like that exploration and I'm thinking like a medieval person. Right? Oh, wow, those guys are getting straight to heaven because they haven't gone with the purgatory. Look, I'm suffering now.
1: Imagine their the conversations in the tavern. They're, they're like, like, super
0: dim. Well, we saw a bill today. You know, yeah, more than likely, nose. someone died. You know, did you hear that so-and-so died? More than likely, oh, you hear the plagues coming closer. Always oh, going to be a war, you know. Another strange treatment for leprosy was baths of blood or beverages made of blood. Yeah. And sometimes lepers were also treated with snake venom and bee stings. What? Fucking letting loose... No, wasn't let, bees? Letting loose a venomous snake on a poor leper. <laughs> and then placing him next to a beehive and whacking the hive and saying, stay <laughs> there, this will treat you. Basically, they were being used as lab rats. <laughs> like,
1: they were... <laughs> But you'd want anything to treat you wouldn't you back then you'd just be like I don't know yeah but you're right suffering
0: now. leprosy and then some cunt wants to let a snake fucking bite you well up. you're gonna die anyway a couple of hundred bees sting you you know it's I not going I'd rather snake bite me than the bees it doesn't work obviously does it well no it's would still be doing it today you like shit as it is and you get stung by hundred bees fucking hell <laughs> alright send that in his fire people caught St Anthony's fire from eating rye that was infected by a fungus today this is known as ergot poisoning we've talked about this before well ergot is a hallucinogenic St Anthony's fire is like a monstrous version of the modern flu in addition to headaches, nausea, vomiting and diarrhoea St Anthony's fire also induced psychosis, spasms and gangrene in the fingers and toes St Anthony's fire had a 40% mortality rate and was more common near marshy areas (laughs) Gotta be glad that's not around anymore. Yeah, that's that's fun. That's not that's not fun. There's ergot got in it. It's, we don't have that anymore. Smallpox. Who wants smallpox? Not me. Smallpox was known as the red plague. It became most prevalent during the Crusades and had a thirty percent mortality rate, more amongst kids.
1: Mm. Yeah.
0: Smallpox causes a distinctive rash popular Japanese medieval belief where a smallpox demon seems to have been repurposed in Europe where the demon was believed to be afraid of the colour red so a smallpox patient's room was decorated in red. Patients also wore red clothing. If the infected person survived smallpox often left behind severe scarring. I don't think smallpox Queen is Victoria. eradicated today is it? is it? Queen Victoria who had the um, pox scars? I honestly... No, Queen Elizabeth, I think, maybe. No, It's Queen Victoria, I'm, I'm not sure. Idea. I have no idea. I'm pretty sure it was the one they did in Blackadder. Queen Elizabeth, then, first. Is that Elizabeth first? Yeah, but yes. she wore the lead-based makeup. Yes, stage into your face. And that was because she was covering severe pox scars, apparently. Mm-hmm. If it was even a, the real Queen Elizabeth, and not a castrated boy. <laughs> That's your a genuine conspiracy theory. Is it? Yeah, I was saving it. We'll get into it one day. But yeah, there's a conspiracy theory that Elizabeth was not a woman. Mm. The first, not the second. Elizabeth the but first. one
1: with the really
0: bad teeth. Elizabeth the first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you... Yeah, on that, so on that bombshell... On that bombshell. <laughs> on that bombshell. Boom! <laughs> we shall end the show. Thank you for listening. Thank you very much for listening. I've been Ben. Don't drink the raid. Don't join a call and follow us on Facebook at Cundinth the Ball and the Post to the Apocalypse, SoundCloud and other podcasting platforms on Cundinth the Ball and the PTA, and on YouTube as Apocalypse Ball. And join us for next week. And join us for next week's part two. I've been Mike, thanks for listening. Peace out. May the force be with you.
1: And I've
0: been Perth, people do open mind, but not so open that it spills out your ears. And I've been Pete. Aim low, but shoot high.